remember you prosecution don't do it Alex <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Deep Blue Sea. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. And just like Deep Blue Sea, we're bigger, smarter, faster, and meaner. Mm, well, One of those is right. I know. After lockdown, we're definitely bigger and meaner. <laughs> Not quite sure about the rest of it, though. Anyway, this week's Film on Trial is the 1999 action-adventure horror, Deep Blue Sea. Is it jump or is it bum? <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> see what I did there. If we no. took it right back to basics, I thought I was getting too too smart. You know, I was just trying to be too high. Highbrow. Too highbrow. Hi, highbrow. Genuinely, you were going to say trying to be too <laughs> high. That your insults were highbrow over the last six weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. Um, essentially, is this film worthy of a place on our questionable hit list, or will it be thrown into the depths of our even more questionable shit list? Hopefully, we're going to find out. Now, just to say, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So, if you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea yet, check it out. It's free if you've got an Amazon Prime account, or if not, it's about three pound fifty. Or you can just listen to this episode after you've watched the film or you can just trust our judgments alternatively you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by alex i think it is me well done yes and that'll start around 45 minutes i think who knows now before we go on our last film on trial was eagle versus shark uh, Dave, you judged that trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the hit list now mm-hmm. you've since gone away and you've watched the film what do you reckon did you make the right call um yes i definitely did it's oh. I, I think i called it actually it, the judgment i made was actually quite apt i was right when i said it's not really my sort of thing uh i said i didn't like napoleon dynamite and i stand by that but alex pointed out it's 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 a lot better than napoleon dynamite i didn't dislike this awkward humor is not my thing but i didn't dislike this and i think if you if it is your sort of thing if this is a film that you would get behind you're going to enjoy it so i stand by my judgment when i say that this isn't the film for me, but it deserves to be on the hit list. It's well made, it's well acted, and I think people other than I will enjoy it. Was it was it the same for you? Did like the first twenty minutes piss you off, and then you got into it afterwards? A little bit, yeah. It took, there was a few moments that grated on me. I found Jared in particular quite grating at times, but uh, after a while, you sort no, of get I, into I, it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I kind of e- ease yourself into it, like yeah, like, yeah. like a really hot bath. Like, <laughs> gently ease yourself into it. <laughs> Right, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, also, before we go on to the trial, it's time for another edition of Gav Eats. I think that's what we're calling it anyway. Basically, I'm just eating a load of stuff that was sent to us by long-term fan Stoops. She sent us a lot of lovely American and Mexican cuisine, which I'm trying to eat my way through now before it all goes off or offer than it already is. Uh, today, I'm eating something called... Samoas I was going to say samosas Samoas they're a Girl Scout cookie apparently Um, does anybody know anything about these Samoas none of us are Girl Scouts to know (laughs) I know if I did know about them I'd say no it did come with um, detailed information about every single um, every single uh, product that's in there but I've left the letter in work and I've not been to work for the last three months so Hey, these are all right, these. Hey, so it says here, the Girl Scout program has five skills the Girl Scouts must use or develop over time and throughout their lives. Number one is goal setting. 
Two is decision making. Number three is money management. Four is people skills. And five is business ethics. Have any of you got those skills? <laughs> no, I would not make a very <laughs> Maybe good Maybe between us, we've got one of them. Yeah. I feel like, people skills. I feel like having fun should be on there, but it doesn't need to. <laughs> I feel like the Girl business Scouts skills. and business ethics it seems yeah. like a really odd one, you know? Like, and yeah. uh, aren't Girl Scouts like 14, 15 or something, yeah. even younger? I know. I know. It's the ethics part of it. I don't need, I think they could just sell the cookies. I don't think they need to be thinking <laughs> about their, their ethical choices when they're doing it. I reckon I've got most of those skills, but I think my people skills marks me down on the rest of them, to be honest. I can get negative points for that. Um, <laughs> but funnily, <laughs> the, tagline, <laughs> the tagline for these cookies is, oh, what a girl can do. I think that's a bit dodgy. Is it that. called a tagline when it's on a box of cookies? Yeah. <laughs> slogan. <laughs> slogan. A slogan. It says at the top, girl scouts. And then it's got quotation marks. Oh, what a girl can do. Yeah, I, I'm, not touching, I'm not touching that one. I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. go right by that one, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think, these are, I think these are the nicest thing I've had so far. That's funny, that's what Prince Describe them to us, Gav. What's the <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give... Ozzy, come on, you could have let it go. You'll have to beat that bit out, Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, funny, that was beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I, so these are, nice, these are a nice blend of fudge and coconut. And, uh, so I think we should probably move on quite quickly. <laughs> I know, I know. I think you're making it worse, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, five coconuts out of five for me. That was great. Moving on. Uh, on to the book of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Deep Blue Sea. And it was picked out of our fish themed movies hat at random and all of the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random so in defense i'm trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be joel and dave now joel is a little bit like samuel l jackson's character russell franklin just leave it there <laughs> I, I know, I'm, well, you'd like that wouldn't you but I'm not going to I'm sorry uh, it's just like Russell Franklin the accumulation of his wealth is a mystery and his sporting achievements have resulted in the deaths and probable consumption of others <laughs> and Dave is just like Stellan Skarsgård's character Jim Whitlock some people think he's a brilliant mind but we all know he's a slightly deranged man pissing in the wind <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on their shit list will be me and Ozzy I'm quite like Michael Rappaport's character, Tom. Very annoying, and people spend most of the time wishing me physical harm. <laughs> I, 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 man, I, it's just me or like Michael Rappaport. I just can't watch him in anything. It's so irritating. Uh, maybe it is because he reminds me of me. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ozzy is just like Saffron Burrow's character, Dr. Susan McAllister. He's a dab hands with electricity and will often handle it in nothing but his underwear. Much to the chagrin of his customers. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episodes to hear their genuine thoughts. Which means this week, Alex has the most crucial role as he'll be playing the judge. Alex is a little bit like LL Cool J's preacher. His cooking would make anybody want to put him in an oven. Hey. I, I, didn't, I didn't go there, Alex. I didn't. I could have said... You got what? Because you're bald. But yeah, you've gone there. Yeah, no, you've gone there. Yeah, yeah. You've had your cake and eaten it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I had my samosa and I ate it. I am. Um, I'm also say I am bald, but I'm a hell of a cook as well. I'll, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, true. I'm, you, I, that one hurts more than the ball. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you more offended by? Uh, now, um, 
Alex must decide which list of films should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let's spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in one of the Oh, sorry, in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film, this week it has landed on Dave. Uh, how would we like Dave to read out the synopsis? I think Stellan Skarsgård would be a good one. A nice, I was going to uh, say uh, in uh, like a shark, if you could. <laughs> like, a, like a shark? Yeah. yeah you choose or Stellan Skarsgård's big attacked by a, by a shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stone Scars God while being attacked by a shark. Yes, yes. Okay, and you want me just to read read the plot? Yes, please. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 Solid. Did you get all that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now just to Stone Scars God, please. Okay, what does he sound like again when he's not screaming? Uh, um, kind of nasal, isn't he? Swedish? Swedish. Swedish. Kind of very light Swedish. Yeah. Sort of, Searching for a cure to Alzheimer's disease. That's Pennsylvanian. <laughs> <laughs> Searching for a cure to Alzheimer's disease. A group of scientists on an isolated research facility become the prey as a trio of intelligent sharks fight back. And you just went full trailer. I like this. It's hard to stand the scars guard, isn't it? Yeah, it sounded it like you had to drink halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Man no, just I'll... lost an arm. He'll need one. <laughs> <laughs> now, without further hesitation, Alex, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Thank you. Yes, I am excited about this. I'd like to hear straight from the defence. So I'd like to hear from Dave. Can you okay. tell me? Tell me a little bit about Deep Blue Sea and tell me why it's a, why it deserves to be on the hit list. No problem. Yes, I will. Okay, so Deep Blue Sea, like Gav gave you a, a couple of ideas of the genre that it could be a part of. I wouldn't say horror is one of them. I know Gav doubted uh, horror when he said that. It's not really a horror film. What you've got here is a balls-to-the-wall, daft survival-slash-actioner. This is essentially a survival film, much like you'd find it, it kind of like Poseidon Adventure or Tower and Inferno, where you've got a small group of survivors in this like unprecedented disaster that have to try and just survive. That's all the film is about, survival. It's just in this instance, the disaster has been very much man-made as they have played with the genetics of sharks. Now, Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You got oh, me. it gets better. You got it me. gets better. Yeah. Now, it's very the faux science behind this is that in order to try and find a cure for Alzheimer's, um, they have made these sharks hyper intelligent. Uh, in order to, they've increased the brain mass of these sharks. In order they can harvest more more protein from the brains of the sharks and in their way develop a cure to Alzheimer's. Um, now this makes no sense scientifically. What sharks and people have in common biologically? I could write you a whole list of the things they don't have in common. So science-wise, this isn't an accurate film. You're not looking at like a Michael Crichton novel where there's an element of truth or fact in the science there. There's nothing to this one whatsoever. And there was never meant to be. The very plot itself... It, it, it giving, it's doing exactly what it says on the tin it's giving you the air on a platter it's like this isn't the sort of film you're going to sit there and think about oh why haven't we actually tried this in the real world no 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 it's not that kind of film it is just a survival film and what you've got is you've got a decent I would say stellar cast uh, basically trying to work their way through this underwater lab facility while being pursued by three ultra intelligent sharks um, so it's very different. It's more, it's a lot more cheesy than Jaws. You know, obviously this is going to be compared to Jaws at some point with like being a shark survival film. Jaws was fairly realistic, fairly low budget, fairly well done, to be honest with you. This is 
different insofar as it's just gone straight in at the NAF deep end. It really has just, it's made no apology for it. It's made no exception for it. It has just gone in at weird blockbuster, bit campy, bit weird, totally unrealistic survival action. And I love it for it. This is what the nineties was all about. This was the, we had a similar discussion when we did the rock that this, that the rock was the poster child for nineties action movies. This I would say is the poster child for nineties disaster films. You know, it goes up there with, with deep impact for me. Well, survival dramas at any rate. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's great. You will be hard pressed to sit down and watch deep blue sea and not be entertained every moment it's on. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Clever sharks, you know, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> why, why shouldn't I be? Uh, let's have someone from the prosecution. Uh, Gav. Can I just start off by commenting about the font? Uh, let's just talk about this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that pissed me off. It comes up deep blue, dot, dot, dot. And we are going for the font. And then it goes, What does it really? Yeah. So you didn't see that coming, did you? You didn't deep see blue. that coming. Deep blue. I was like, what? Like, let's get it. <laughs> What's deep and blue and got a shot? Oh! Right, go on. Uh, now, I would argue that when I sort of questioned horror earlier on, it is a sort of a question mark because there are several horror troops that litter this entire film. Uh, it, starting with the very beginning, the very opening scene is rowdy, raunchy teens on a boat, having a laugh, having a drink, getting frisky, and then all of a sudden, a shark comes and crashes their party. Oh no, a few of them fall in. You think they're going to get eaten. And then Thomas Jane comes to the rescue. And it turns out that one of them, well, the shark, sorry, just escaped from the local facility, you know, where they're doing the tests on these sharks to create super sharks or whatever they are doing. Uh, now, that just kind of keeps on coming back, keeps on creeping in. One of my problems with this film is that it doesn't really know what genre it is. Dave said that it's like a disaster film. I don't think that's true. There are definitely major elements of a disaster film, like when they're trying to escape. Essentially what happens is Stan Skarsgård, the scientist, gets his arm bitten off. He's the first casualty of the of the shark. And then they try and uh, airlift him away, but it's in the middle of a storm. And obviously, something goes wrong. They accidentally drop Stellan Skarsgård into the water. The shark bites him, pulls the helicopter down, and explodes Sorry, yeah. the whole how, facility. How did they accidentally drop him back into the water? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. They've okay. got him on a harness. They try to lift him up, and then they drop him in. And it's, like, <laughs> it's, gonna... it's the exact opposite. It's the exact only thing they should not be doing when they're rescuing him. If, if I may, the winch, the winch malfunctions. Okay. And he drops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then the shark gets hold of the of the stretcher <laughs> that he's in, and it's more the helicopter because the helicopter is ah, attached okay. to him, crashing into the facility above. Yeah, that causes exactly the disaster. It's not Stellan Skarsgård being thrown into the window. <laughs> <laughs> so the helicopter crashes, explodes, and then essentially the the facility is just falling around. It's, it's like there's flames engulfing half of it. There's fallen rubble. There's water pouring through cracks in the facility windows. So there are elements of disaster movie, but there's also a lot of horror in there as well. So it kind of shifts focus every now and again. So one minute, it's like an action film uh, with really cheesy sort of 80s action lines and it looks like they're going to 
be gearing up for a big fight. There's lots of shooting and wrestling sharks. And then the next minute, it's a bit of an adventure. And the next minute, it's a disaster film. And then the next minute, you've got like a scene ripped straight out of Jurassic Park where somebody's trying to hide in a kitchen uh, implement and, you know, there's a shark. A shark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Bear kitchen. in mind, I, I will say, yeah. How, so, what, is the shark just slithering around the floor? Flopping <laughs> <laughs> around on the floor. Yeah, no, I know. It's like, you've already that's one won. Of the, that's, one of the, 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 that's one of the big annoyances. These sharks are huge. Right. and no one can see them in what's essentially waste waste deep water right. yeah yeah pretty, uh, it's pretty out, yeah. outrageous love, to be honest with you. The, the, <laughs> one of the things as well is that the approach to the sharks throughout the film is very inconsistent for me uh, like one minute how i mean how big are these sharks one minute we see them and they're absolutely huge and then the next minute they're able as austin said to navigate around uh, kitchen counters there's, um, there's three sharks they're all varying sizes Okay, well, uh, they all still seem like they, I mean, like they shift in sizes and heights and weights throughout the entire film. And like for one minute, you're finding out that they can jump over an eight foot fence. And then the next minute, they can't even jump up one foot to nip LL Cool J on the bum because he's hiding on top of some kitchen <laughs> shelves. You know, one minute, they're able to hurdle Stellan Skarsgård in a stretcher at such force that it cracks <laughs> almost impenetrable glass and then lets water gush in. But they can't attack LL Cool J, but he's hiding in an oven. You know, it's like, it's like this, this is, a, this is a, a shark that can bust down steel walls and can break things with its jaw, but it can't cave Stop, in you, a tiny Gav, Gav, you're giving me an erection, like, seriously. It's too 90s for me, I'm sorry. It's just okay. too over the top. It's too flip-flopping. It doesn't know what genre it wants to be. It, it, the thing is, as well, is it takes itself a little bit too seriously. If it would have been a bit more lighthearted a bit more B-movie, a bit more like Snakes on a Plane or something where we know it's a joke instead of being so straight-faced and serious, then it would have been a bit more fun for me. But it just, it, I'm sorry, it just wasn't there. Uh, Dave, I, I can see you want to come back on a couple of things there. Just quickly, with regards to the variety of the shark, Gav says they come in different weights, different sizes. There, there are three different sharks um, that have come at the various stages of the experiment. Uh, building up to the latter one, the one that actually doesn't get inside the facility because it's too big. Um, that's the one that throws down scars, got through the glass. Um, and that's the most intelligent as well. So okay. the bigger the shark gets, the smarter they are. So the ones that get in aren't as clever as, as their older sister outside. So it's, um, it's varying degrees of size and intelligence. So you don't know which shark they're necessarily okay. up against any given time. Got it. Right. Thanks very much. Um, right. Joel, want to sort of come on to it sounds like a big part of this is you know the horror disaster all of that sort of leads up to big scenes of the death scenes right so what are the deaths like in this film when when characters get it i mean how many characters get it is, is it with a classic just um, you know, it's not it's not a lot to be honest um there's only probably around kind of seven or eight in the main cast but there is kind of a you know the classic few cannon fodder people that die like helicopter pilots and uh random workers and things like that they do they do get it Uh, but in terms of the deaths as you'd expect you know this isn't although it's a serious film it is kind of it's almost like a slasher film but the the main villains are the sharks um and it's exactly you know what you'd expect the deaths are inventive Uh, they're not just like people falling into the water you know and getting ripped apart there's all different 
there's all different types there. And I would say they are surprising as well. Um, you know, it's not just like the the main characters, for example, like uh, Susan, who's played by uh, Saffron Burrow. She's like uh, the person you basically expect to, you know, make it out alive, but she kind of uh, sacrifices herself at the end type of thing. And um, the uh, as I say, the, the characters that die are... are not obvious which i think is refreshing in these type of films you know you always get like the cocky one who's who's like you know the first person to go and there isn't any of that in here it's very much kind of like a you know shooting fish in a barrel type of thing as as to who you're going to choose to die and you know especially with samuel l jackson who plays (laughs) it's more like electrocuting fish in your undies (laughs) well whatever you know samuel l jackson you you expect him to be in it for the long haul you know especially uh you know an, an actor of that magnitude and you know i'm sure you've seen the the scene but if you haven't he's making this big speech uh, kind of, you know, you you would probably say conveniently placed. He is kind of stood uh, just kind of by a submerged pool where a submarine would maybe uh, go into the water or a little boat or something like that. And obviously, just as he's kind of explaining that the group needs to stick together and things like that, a shark just jumps up, literally devours him in front of them and pulls him back into the water. So he's delivering this like rousing speech. And then the sharks, you know, it's almost like the sharks putting his putting their middle finger up to the group and saying, actually, you know, you, you are fucked here. Yeah. Um, so almost uh, like they were waiting until it was the most impactful moment. In exactly. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> I like so, before as well, he'd been told move away and he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, you know, that death in particular is a really good example that this film, you know, isn't really afraid to, to mess with the status quo if you like it is essentially a monster movie at the end of the day but it is different in the fact that it you know it treats its characters a little differently i think right uh, uh, ozzy what would yeah, you so, say no, I'll, I'll 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 give joel that actually I, some of the deaths i wasn't expecting to happen you know um I, like I, I didn't necessarily expect uh what's his face uh ang- ang- angry uh evil man Evil action, Jackson. <laughs> evil action, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, because and I'm not entirely sure why he was classed as being evil. Like that's the setup is essentially this guy is trying to fund what seems to be fairly, fairly useful uh, scientific research into Alzheimer's disease. But for some reason, because he dresses in like a polo shirt and he's wealthy, he's an evil man and he's got a secret lair and yeah, everybody nobody likes him. But it, it doesn't actually explain why he's a bad guy. But everyone. It's just automatic that he's the bad guy. Um, but yeah, you don't really expect him to die. And then you also don't expect uh, the hot doctor to die uh, afterwards, the one who uh, sacrificed herself. So, you know, yeah, I'll give Joel that, that um, you don't expect him to die. But there's equally, you know, I'm going to jump in before Gav gets in there, is that there is literally no need for her to strip down to her undies to electrocute the, um, to electrocute the shark. It's just for the sake of it, this this woman... Uh, is co- almost not constantly, but very frequently, is in a swimsuit or or her underwear, ready right. to uh, to go at the sharks. Um, so that's you know, it's very nineties from that point of view. It yeah. felt to me a bit like a shit underwater version of Jurassic Park. Also, okay. being elect- an electrician, can you say wholeheartedly that 
there was no need for it to get down into her underpants to electrocute that shark. Officially or unofficially? (laughs) (laughs) When I'm in work, I I regularly do this and and I tell them that it's a a necessity just in case. But but that's just for my own personal gratification. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) The tingle on the... (laughs) (laughs) Move on, move on. Uh, Dave, uh, you know what, what? What would you say to that? Yeah, I just want to come back on a couple of points. Um, it, I, an underwater Jurassic Park. I, I object to a shit underwater Jurassic Park, but it is an underwater <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> I will give you that. It is very much, okay. you know, man played with science, uh, tampered with some God, some of God's creatures, enhanced them, brought them back from the dead, whatever it may be, and now they're running wild. And, and eating and Samuel L. Jackson. And eating Samuel L. <laughs> yeah, Jackson, no, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention, Samuel Jackson's character, he's not um, a bad guy. I don't think he's particularly considered a bad guy. He's not well-liked by the majority of the cast, but that's because he has funded this project. He's funded uh, this research into Alzheimer's, and now he's about to cut research. He's basically, uh, after, the, after that opening scene that Gav was describing where the teenagers are attacked on a boat, uh, that hits the press, and he's like, right, I'm walking away from this project, shut it down. And that's what everyone on the facility is is pissed so, off with him for. So he's actually incredibly, um, <laughs> he's incredibly like, conscientious. He's, he's actually, actually, he's actually yeah, doing yeah. the right. Thing. <laughs> well, that's it. I don't think he's an evil man. He's not. Um, he's not supposed to be played as an evil man. The audience like him. He's a like. He's a nice guy. Basically, for the first half of the film, you're following him because he's been introduced to this facility because they're trying to. They're taking him there, trying to persuade him. Look, don't cut off funding. We are this close. You know, that was a terrible accident that happened, but just just work with us on this. Come see what we're trying to achieve. That's why he's there. And you're following him around the facility. You meet the characters as he meets the characters. Uh, You uh, learn your way around the facility as he learns his way around the facility. He's your guide, essentially. You see through his eyes to the start of the film, which is why his death halfway through is so shocking. It genuinely does catch you uh, off guard, his, his sudden death. But you don't dislike him. And the characters don't really either, but he's there to cut their funding. He's there to basically render them unemployed. That's why they're all so hostile to him. He's not an evil man. They don't hate him for that reason. They just, they don't, they dislike him because he's about to cut their funding, uh, essentially, which is, you can kind of get where they're coming from. I'd, I'd be a little bit nicer to the guy who decides whether I get funding yeah. or not personally, but maybe that's just me. And with regards to uh, the scene with, where Susan takes on the shark and she's not in her getting into a swimsuit or underwear throughout the film. There's that one scene where she does. And is it necessary? No, it's, okay. it's absolutely not. Like Ozzy said, it's very nineties. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to defend it in any way. It's completely unnecessary. Bit of Ender Horizon uh, sort of thing going on, right, Gav? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'd, I'd like to argue uh, Joel's comments when he said that all of the deaths seem original or unique. Uh, now, I, I'd, I'll agree with Dave that, you know, you don't really see... Well, I think Samuel L. Jackson's death is good. I could see that he was going to die because it, it reminded me a little bit like, you know, Scream or Psycho when they get the, the biggest star on the billboard is going to take, you know, is, is going to die Sleepy at some Hollow. point. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow as well. Uh, it was the star at the beginning of Sleepy Hollow. Christopher Oh, right. Sorry. I was thinking Casper Van Dien. <laughs> Christopher Lee doesn't die in Sleepy Hollow. No, at the start, there's a big... Who is it? The guy in the carriage. Oh, Martin right Landau. 
Monday yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, right, I'm with you. I don't know why so yeah, so th- there's that element to it. You think that something is going to happen to him, but the way in which he dies is actually refreshing. It is a bit unexpected. The rest of the death, though, it is literally like, <laughs> what Joel said it wasn't, just people falling in the water and getting eaten. You know, it's there's only so many ways you can do that. Apart from Stellan Skarsgård getting his arm bitten off, then he gets attacked while he's in the water. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, he doesn't sound like he has a good good run of this old stuff. No, does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so a lot of the deaths are literally just people getting torn apart while they're in the water. And there's only so many different ways you can do that before it becomes a little bit repetitive. Well, how when many, it gets how many, to Michael... Oh, sorry, go on. How many times do we do this? Is it, okay, is so it, there's the other doctor who's Stellan Skarsgård's love interest. She gets eaten underwater. Uh, then there's Michael Rappaport eventually gets eaten underwater as well. Uh, then uh, the uh, Saffron Burroughs character, Dr. Susan McAllister, she gets eaten underwater as well. So that's a few three. nerds, isn't there, as well? Uh, who? <laughs> Standard nerds, you know, like the ones who just Nerd work in the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, like, a bit like in Star Trek where you've got all the guys yeah, yeah. just yeah. dressed in little red red suits. There's loads of them around. And let's in, not forget the cook's the parrot as well. That gets eaten. Oh, does it? <laughs> oh, shit, he's got a parrot. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's what the fuck? The guy had a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Is a parrot, for fuck's sake. <laughs> right, uh, Dave. Yeah, if I may, that, that's, that's not true at all. There is no cannon fodder, for one thing. There are no ec- unnamed extras going on. I don't know where that's come from. Uh, all the characters... He probably hasn't in, watched it. Yeah, all, <laughs> no, no, there are. There's, you go, when they do the tour of the facility, there's loads of like... Yeah, they're leaving. They're going. They're, they're going away. Oh, I thought they'd have got killed in the storm with the... Sharks. No. And that's what's at the show. <laughs> I mean... Off. I, you know what if, if you want to believe that boat capsized on the way home that's <laughs> I think they were okay but no the, the deaths are originally if I may say so um, Jacqueline McKenzie who plays Jan uh, Stan Skarsgård's love interest you know she's going to die at some point it's one of those characters you just got a bad feeling about it's like she's she's too nice everyone likes her she's not going to make it um, but her death is still shocking when she does drop into the water uh, she falls off a ladder into this this kind of like a, imagine a silo tube almost like a, a, a climbing mm. up um, yeah, she falls in the water and you know it's about to happen you know it but it doesn't prepare you for it as she is pulled under and then launched out of the water towards Thomas Jane who tries to grab onto her and he just can't hold onto her she's pulled back into the water it's 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 a shocking death it's not shocking that she died you knew it was going to happen at some point you probably knew it was going to happen around then but it doesn't prepare you for the way in which it happens and Michael Rappaport's death uh, which happens as he's trying to turn on um the, the power again it's just like it, you know he's, he's, something bad's about to happen they're underwater they're playing with these switches something bad's about to happen and probably to Michael Rappaport but it doesn't prepare you for the sudden shock of the shark smashing him into the wall behind him and just ripping him to pieces predictable in places but I would say more more often than not these deaths are not predictable Saffron Burroughs and, and Samuel Jackson you wouldn't predict they would go the way they did and other deaths when they do happen although you know they're coming it doesn't prepare you for the way in which they're executed okay cool that, right thanks I really good I feel like I've got plot and deaths um, <laughs> they definitely covered deaths uh, a little bit on sharks I guess a little bit on sharks and, the, and, and what happened to the nerds uh, what about the characters in the cast let's uh i feel like actually you know we talked about the characters and you know you know what this sounds like a survival horror so i'm not sure if there's if it's a lot to add more to, to, to the characters are they you know do, do they sort of do what they need to do are, are they dimensional enough gav no they're very very one-dimensional characters i mean what can you really say about thomas jane's character dave 
See, he couldn't even say anything. Couldn't say anything. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you asked the question. I'll now pass it over to Dave. You can now talk for as long as you want. So, do you want to know about his history, or do you want to know about his personality, or what? Uh, Which bit do you want to know? Basically, Carter is he's an ex-smuggler. He's been given a chance, and he's basically like a wrangler on the on this thing. He's, he knows his way around boats, so he's kind of the handyman of the facility. Uh, he's also very adept with sharks as well. He knows a little bit about handling. He probably doesn't know the science behind them, but he knows the handling. He's a rough and ready kind of actioner sort of guy. Much imagine like Robert Shaw's Quint if he was Ooh. like 30 years younger and hadn't been drinking. Oh, oh Dave, that's Ooh, a dead yeah. sentence that for when he goes <laughs> back actually watching Deep Blue Sea and realises <laughs> that Thomas Jane is nothing like Robert Shaw's character. He's Quince. essentially a very surly character. He's He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, a bit angry at the world. Um, a bit of a stereotype, I suppose you could say, but th- like I said, this isn't the sort of film where you're looking for subtlety in your characters. When you say, do they do what is required of them? Yes, and then some. Do they okay. shatter your, your expectations? No, I wouldn't say they go that far, but they do what you want them to. This guy's okay. like a, a gentleman pirate. Calls himself, it, he literally calls himself a shark wrangler. <laughs> like That's his description of himself. Yeah, wow. shark wrangler. Wow. It's his wrestling alias. Yes. Go on, Gav. Yes. I, I think Dave hit the nail on the head there when he said stereotypical. A lot of these characters are just very stereotypical. It's sort of like, oh, hey, we've got the chef who's the comedy sidekick. You know, he's going to say something really funny at some points, even though in reality, you'd probably be shitting your pants. And then you've got Thomas Jane, who's the strong but silent sort of like shark wrangler type. And then you've got Saffron Burroughs, who's the sort of the blinded by her own science and her goals scientist who won't stop at anything to get in her way. And that, you know, you've got this essentially, it's very troopy. You've got these characters that appear in films like that, you know, time and time again. There's no real substance. There's no real developments either uh, and then the thinking is the acting isn't that great and i think it's because the characters are quite shit like michael rapaport is quite annoying in any in anything basically but he's especially annoying in this uh, thomas jane i like thomas jane but you can tell that this was his very first role because he has as much screen presence as a plastic shark prop it, it honestly there is nothing to it so I, I don't know whether he's supposed to be playing strong and silent type and that's maybe why he comes across as a bit of a bad actor but i don't know maybe it is just a case that it was his first film role and he didn't want to kind of um, go wild but you've got Saffron Burroughs her acting is quite poor as well and it's not because uh, Saffron Burroughs is a bad actress it's because her, par- her character is so poorly written she's quite an unlikable character and in other films she would have actually been the villain of the piece but she, you know, is she, she's not. Is she the villain? I don't actually know. She's blinded by a desire to create a cure for Alzheimer's that she rushes through testing. Uh, she releases one of the sharks after it's attacked her colleague. She puts people at risk at several points. She belittles and degrades Carter. Um, but she's also portrayed as one of the heroes of the piece, especially at the end when she gets this big, you know, hero's sacrifice or moment of redemption. And I was reading an interview with Benny Harlan, the director, and he said that he wrote the character... And he had to go back and re-record or edit things because uh, he realized that Saffron Burroughs was actually the villain of the piece and he portrayed her as the hero throughout. So he had to go back after it had all been filmed to re-edit stuff to make her not be as likable or not have that many likable scenes because she was a bit of a shit. And in the end, the results, you've got a main character here who's not actually a main character, who's nice, but is also not nice as, you know, as a villain and a hero. It's a bit of a, it's, it's just a very odd cocktail and it just doesn't sit well. 
Uh, Joel, I'm going to bring you in on this. Like, uh, uh, the, the, more on the acting, I feel like I've got a lot of characters. Like, what, what was the actual acting like? Gav was pretty much going, saying, like, Thomas Jane was awful. <laughs> Saffron Burroughs didn't really know what character she was doing. And, you know, the, the, the rest don't have much, much to work with. What do you reckon? I'd say it's, you know, it, it's pretty standard. It's it's a monster movie at the end of the day. They're not going to be nominated for, for Oscars. All they've got to do is, you know, portray fear um, and kind of get you involved in, in, in the film. And exactly as, you know, what Dave said, they do exactly what they need to do. Saffron Burroughs, I'd argue, was a good character and it doesn't matter how much of a shit she is throughout the film. You know, if you basically sacrifice yourself to keep other people alive, it, you know, it's a clean slate as far as I'm concerned after that. Um, I think Samuel L. Jackson is basically Samuel L. Jackson. You know, he's doing what he does best, especially at that time, you know, kind of uh, late 90s. He's kind of almost prime Samuel L. Jackson, really. Um, and the the rest of the cast and crew, I don't think any of them are terrible. I just don't think any of them, you know, really stand out. All the characters do exactly what they're expected to do you know they portray fear they portray panic um and exactly how you'd expect people in that situation uh you know to react as well as much as you can uh you know imagine being in that situation anyway all right cool thank you um right uh, i feel like i've got a lot of information i'd like just finally just to sort of go on about just the basic way it's shot like you know this sort of a cinematography is you know this is i'm guessing this is this is a facility out in the water isn't it like on the ocean so you know what's that what's that sort of like is it mainly inside the facility are we out in the water like what where, where does this film take place how is it shot because i have to say underwater sequences in most films are pretty poor you know, when you think about like the fight scene in Thunderball and stuff like that, <laughs> it, it, it normally is pretty bad stuff. So, so how does this come across, Ozzy? What? How did you feel like this was? Uh, how's it shot? Some some of it I thought was actually pretty good, considering it's quite a low budget movie. Um, you got to give them. I think they do. It's only like sixty million in it. I don't think it was a huge. Uh, I'd say that was low budget. I think it is in, well, maybe maybe it's not, indie, maybe, yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. a comparison to Eagle versus Shark. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more than that. Um, but I think that, I think some of the scenes are pretty. They've done pretty well with what what they've what they've had. And uh, but it's quite clear where you know where money money's been saved. In terms of the, the way it's shot, it's shot like a nineties action movie. So you know, it's when when it's actiony, it's it feels quite fast paced. And when it's a, you know when it's slow and and, and talky, you just, you just focus on someone. It just felt quite a lot like Jurassic Park, but cheaper. Yeah, that, that's just how it felt to me. Um, you know, a bit more. Okay, Dave, I see you uh, not agreeing. What do you? Um, no, I, I will actually, I will actually take Jurassic Park, but cheaper. That is essentially what it is. Um, and, and look how popular Jurassic Park was. This, it, it, Aussie's not far off with that one. It's, it's a simple action film, a simple survival film. It's shot actually very well but they didn't need to go too far on that one it looks good i think um i don't know if they built the set of the the uh, on water facility i don't know if they built that particularly for it or if that was they, they reused something else but it looks good the sets look good the way it is shot looks good um they're not going for a cinematography oscar here 
But I think Rennie Harlan, he's been in the game for 20 years at this point. I think he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around a camera. And and say what you will about Cutthroat Island, he knows how to film with water <laughs> as a result of the year longer than he should have spent on Cutthroat Island. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I mean, it was going well, but then did he do Cutthroat Island? I don't know why the prosecution didn't bring this up immediately. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, right. I, I have to say, I feel like I've got enough to make a judgment here. Is there any points that, uh, Gav, any points you'd like to, to bring yeah, up? Yeah. Uh, standard 90s stuff, which uh, watching it back in 2020 is a bit jarring. Stuff like the stunt work pretty poor when Stellan Skarsgård uh, gets his arm bitten off you can tell it's a, it's an extra and a, quite an obvious one at that also LL Cool J fighting the shark at the end I don't know if it was just me I meant to go back and rewatch it but it looked like his stunt double was a white guy with, the, with <laughs> a, a ball cap on that's what it, like, it maybe not maybe not um, but there's so much slow motion as well you can tell this is Rennie Harlan especially after you've watched Cotto Island it reminds me of Garth Marenghi's Darth Brace where the talking about that episode was running under so they just had to slow-mo all of the non-dialogue <laughs> scenes to make it a bit longer everything has slow motion it's ridiculous that, that fucking helicopter crashing into the compound oh my word it goes on for about three minutes um, the final fight between a uh, card and the shark is quite laughable really when you compare it to Jaws it, you know and that's the thing with this film it just can't escape the shadow of Jaws and even Rennie Harlan himself said that he wanted to make a film it was better than the jaws uh, so when they were designing the shark the shark in jaws is 25 what is it 25 foot and Renny Harlan wanted to make this shark 26 foot all of the sharks that die the three sharks <laughs> what just literally because it would then be a foot bigger Yes, literally. Right. <laughs> and all the sharks that die, die in the exact same way as the sharks did in Jaws 1, 2, and 3, respectively. Uh, so in the order that they occur in the film, it's almost like he, he, he's like trying to embrace the connection to Jaws. And that's one of the things is that like if you're going to make a film with a very similar premise to an iconic film that is widely regarded as one of the best horror or action adventure films ever made, you want to try and distance yourself a little bit from it. You don't want to try and remind the audience at every point, hey, remember this better film that is a bit like this film. And and, and that's it. I think there's a lot of, you know, poor CGI through it. And one thing that really annoyed me is the parrots. You know, I don't think parrots repeating swear words has ever been funny in a film, but in this film, when they couldn't even afford to get a parrot that could speak and they just had somebody off camera saying hilarious things it's quite bad I actually um, <laughs> well, they just I read have that... a parrot going like ah fuck yeah yeah like the parrot just goes ah you've got a fat ass oh. well, they, right. that's the thing so they couldn't afford I read to read this as well they couldn't afford um, like a proper Hollywood parrot um, so they could do everything so they got two parrots that looked the same and one was really good at flying the way that they wanted to do and the other one was really good at sitting on his shoulder and oh, they just had to swap them in and out, depending on what the scene was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is quite funny, I thought. You see, I'll just, I'll just quickly remind you that part of uh, Gav and Austin's main gripe is about a fucking parrot. So, yeah. <laughs> and the font you, at the beginning. I have, I have circled Michael Rappaport quite a few times, <laughs> and the parrot. Um, right, Dave. Final point, Dave. Yeah, I just want to cover. I'm, I'm going to leave the parrot thing be because that's just letting people see behind the curtain. You don't need to tell them about the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, um, when Gav says about the Jaws reference, I mean, 
at the start of my defense, I compared it to Jaws. It's a, a film about people entangling with a killer shark or killer sharks. It's going to be compared to Jaws, whether Rennie Harlan referenced it in the film or not. There is going to be inevitable comparisons to Jaws. Any film about sharks that gets made now is going to be compared to Jaws. You may as well embrace that and pay homage to Jaws in your own way and reference it if you want to reference it, like with the deaths of the sharks. Feel free to do so. You know, you're never going to beat Jaws. No one's going to. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't. They can't still carry on making shark films. You know, there's plenty of different plots. There's plenty of different things that haven't been considered. This is not a like-for-like replica of Jaws. It's a completely different plot, completely different premise, completely different style of character in, in many instances. It's, it's, it's going to be compared to Jaws, but it shouldn't be. And if you're going to compare it to other shark films that have come since, I would say this is honestly amongst the best of them. Okay. Okay. Better than Sharknado. I would say better than Sharknado. Okay, great. Uh, right, well, I've got a lot to think about, but I also did the quiz, so I'm going to do both at the same time. I'm going to think <laughs> and do the quiz. Um, I was I was researching this quiz, and I have to say what basically happened is um, I fell down like a geek hole. I don't know if you've ever done this when you've been cruising on, uh, like, have you ever gone on like that Wiki Fandom page, the website? Is that the it's one insane. where the uh, sharks all look like women? But, uh, it, it's like basically every... <laughs> Again, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> like, it's, um, yeah, it's basically got like all the information you'd ever want about every franchise ever. It's, it's pretty insane. So I've got some questions here and I think the winner might be the person who doesn't get the answers right, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, uh, first question is, um, how many velociraptors are there in the first Jurassic Park? Um, Dave? Three. There, there is three. For a bonus point, how many were there originally in the park before yeah. the big one came in and killed them? We had six originally, but she came in and killed all but two of the others. Is it six? Yes, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a point. It's eight, but you said the quote verbatim <laughs> apart, from the, apart from the word eight. So I'm going to, yeah. you know, what I'm doing. <laughs> you get two points because it's just, that's insane. Um, right, next one. Uh, in Predator... Oh, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, my premise for this quiz was about intelligent monsters. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Velociraptors in uh, Jurassic Park. This one, uh, next one, is about Predator. Now, we've watched that. What's that musical video called for Predator again? Predator the Musical. Predator the Musical. <laughs> we, watched, we watched that quite a lot. <laughs> so, I'm actually, I'm curious to know, and this might be a bit more for um, Dave and Gav, this one. Can you name all of the characters that are a part of the team that uh, are in the jungle in Predator. I can't, yes. but I know a man who can. Okay, uh, do you know what? We'll go around and we'll we'll see. That it's the person who finishes last. So, uh, Joel, oh, can you Christ. can you start anyone? Can you start us off? Uh, anyone in Predator? Or you're out, Joel. I'm afraid uh, if you can't. Yeah, I don't even think I can. Jackson <laughs> is Jackson one. Jack? Jackson is not one. I don't think. No, sorry, Joel, you're out. Uh, Aussie. Uh, I think I'm also out, to be honest with you. Okay. I never I'd, I'd be out. I can, I, I'd be out too. We'll start with Dave. Is his name not we'll Dutch? Dutch? Is he Hollandy? Dave. I can say the order that they died in as well. No, no, no. Oh, okay. right, right. Right. <laughs> start with Dutch, and then it goes to Gav. Gav, okay. got one. Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, Net back to Dave. Uh, Cowboy Stu. <laughs> I don't think Cowboy Stu is in here no I'm afraid oh I'm he's, afraid. In the, he's in the director's cup my bad <laughs> I think you're out Gav do you want to finish it off Can I you think Dave is referring to Blaine played by Jesse Ventura <laughs> very good uh, there's also Mac yeah um, then there is uh, Hawkins 
um, played by yes. Shane Black. Uh, then there is Poncho. Yes. Uh, and oh, uh, Billy yes. and Anna. Oh my, yeah, well and, done. And the Predator, obviously. And the played Predator. by, uh, oh, is it Kevin Peter Hall slash uh, John Claude Van Damme? Peter Cook. Kevin, Kevin Peter, Peter Hall. Hall. And the voice was uh, Peter Cullen. That's, that's very impressive. He also played the helicopter pilot as well, didn't he? Oh, know? wow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, it was originally um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, so you can see him in a couple of scenes. Oh, really? But, yeah, when he, when he realised that you wouldn't see him for a lot of it, he backed out. Backed out. Uh, I'm going to give you three points for that, Gav, just because it was impressive. Oh. Well done. Uh, okay, this is where it gets quite geeky. Uh, the Xenomorphs are a pretty intelligent monster in Alien franchise. Who knows what their homeworld is called? Jesus. Oh, is it the one that's... It's, uh, Isn't it like numbers? a number, like X? 23 or no, something like that. A bit more, bit more is, it the, is it the name as uh, I thought Joel was on about it then? Was it not the same as uh, Elon Musk's kid's name? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not. No, it's Xenomorph Prime, is the planet that they oh. are from. Oh. I know. It's a bit uh, lazy, to be honest. A bit, a bit lazy, <laughs> I know. Right, this next question th- this is one that I honestly was like re- reading about for about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, can you name. Uh, different types of Terminator. So, how many different name uh, types of Terminator oh, do you? T one thousand. Okay, we'll start. Yeah. Go on, Joel. T one thousand. T one thousand. Let's go, Ozzy. T two thousand. No, no. Sorry, Ozzy, you're out. Oh. But if you've oh, gone, <laughs> you should have gone higher. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even higher than two thousand. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gav. Uh, uh, what's Robert Patrick's one called? Um, the uh, th- I know the one in. Um, uh, Terminator 3 is TX. Yeah. Dave? Isn't Robert Patrick the T-1000? T-1000's in... So T-1000 is Terminator one. 2. Oh, right. Terminator Isn't he the it's, one that's... It's Schwarzenegger like a, a T-100 model or something? He's not a T-100, Dave. T-800? T-800? Oh, uh, but it was Joel's turn, I'm afraid. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it to Gav, because I've got another one anyway. T-8. T850. Oh, very well done. Yeah, he comes back. A little bit older. They did an older model, which is odd. Um, then, um, Gav? Guardian. That's what he's called. No, you're out. The last two films. Oh, is there <laughs> no, more models than that? I can't I'm afraid you're out. Remember. There are more models. Joel, yeah. do you want any more? Uh, yeah, there's the T... Is it like Rev or something? T-Rev? Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Rev 9. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the T three thousand again, yeah, well done. And that's all I know. Yeah, there's also a T one. Apparently, that's in one of the later worst T, films. The T one, the T so one, like the very it's, first one. Yeah, so basically, less it's, good it's than all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's essentially just like a, a microwave. A microwave with a knife, so it'll take to me. Spinning round. The T the T one is a Roomba <laughs> with a knife attached to it. <laughs> uh, I have to say, like, the debate that goes on about that as well. Like, I've just written down seven, and I think there are people who would genuinely hunt me down and shoot me if they listen to this and realize, yeah, it's it's not like people don't mess about when they're talking about the different types of Terminator online. Uh, next question, again, one that you don't really want to get right, this one. Um, Jabba the Hutt is a very intelligent monster from the Star Wars universe. What language does he speak? Oh, Jabba Wookie. No, good, 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 good guess. I want to give you a little point for that one, Ozzy. <laughs> French. 
No, it's not French, but yeah. Does it does, not sound, speak, does sound does like it. it. I can see where you're going. Yeah. I think he does can he speak, speak French, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He chooses not to. Chooses not to defile himself with that. Good. Dave, any ideas? Does he not just speak hut or, or something like that? Or? Hutt- Joel, anyone here? Yeah, no, I'm going to give it to you, Dave. It is really? Hutties. It is Hutties. Okay. Hutties. Hutties. He's such was... a Hutties. Is that... <laughs> He's always saying, come on over to my hut. And when you get there, it's like, no, you can't come in. I'm a, a Hutties. <laughs> I, I got this information, by the way, from like a, a list of languages that are spoken in the Star Wars, Star Wars universe. I'd say if you went down the webpage, it would fill about 20 pages without like a hint of irony, like no hint of irony <laughs> at any point in it. To- totally, totally serious all the way through it. And all the different dialects that are spoken on like Tatooine and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, saw, well done, Dave. Uh, I saw a, uh, a relatively good meme uh, this morning and it had um, somebody asking, it, uh, asking you, Baby Yoda asking uh, Adult Yoda, um, why did you release the uh, the films in four, five, six, one, two, three? Yeah. And he said, uh, "Director, I was." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, uh, going to Pennywise, the very intelligent spider clown from uh, the It films. Do you know what the actual name of the creature that Pennywise is is called? Mm-hmm. Or oh. It's also the name of the things that appear when you look inside him. Of the deadlights. The deadlights. Oh, yeah, deadlights. Yeah. Well done, Gav. Deadlights. That, the thing. Here's the thing that I meant to bring it up earlier. It, are they related? The scars guards from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sun. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, Listen, cool. there's, a, there's Alexander Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, and I feel like there's. Yeah, there is a brother as well. There's there? another one. Yeah, I think there's three of them. Uh, okay. Um, what is the leader of the Nazgul called? Oh, oh, the Witch King. The Na- very good, yeah, Joel. Very good, Joel. Do you know where he's the Witch King of? Angmar. Uh, that's cool. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give another point to Dave there. He is the Witch King of Angmar. I don't know what well the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the books. <laughs> uh, and uh, the last one, um, the Borg are a hyper-intelligent um, bunch of bastards from the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Uh, what shape is their ship? Cube. It is a cube. Well done, Aussie. Did you say ship? Shit, yeah, shit. No, I think also the ship. One shape. They, yeah, they come yeah. out in um, small. They look like the things that. Um, it's like oxo cubes. They... <laughs> <laughs> little scrap metal oxo cubes, like yeah, little tin foil wrapped. <laughs> I also think you might have said they were part of the Star Wars universe. So oh, uh, sorry. If you won't yeah, get yeah. hunted down for team one. Hunted down now. I got will a lot be. of angry Terminator and Star Wars slash Star Trek fans outside your door tomorrow. I will be now. I think actually that quiz goes to Gav just by one point so well oh, well done yeah I think that's because well I, you gave me so many points for Predator I did I did I to be fair I did have the most uh, things to answer yeah, it was so. very, it was the most impressive <laughs> answer I feel oh yeah it's me sorry, sorry I was waiting for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, talking listening to this film I, I have to say um, I try not to prejudge films um, but I was sort of thinking about what I would where I would put this film on the list and I would have said it would have gone on the shit list um but listening to the arguments it wasn't as easy as I was thinking um I I feel like the points that we were looking at so we were looking at um 
you know, the, the sort of, you know, where was it? Survival horror, or what's it genre? It sounds quite interesting, actually. You know, it's horror, it's disaster, it's action. And it sounds like it does do all those things fairly well. You know, it's, it does seem like there's maybe a mix of things and, and, and it's got it going on well. Gav said, it, I know Gav was on the prosecution, but Gav was saying stuff like people are wrestling sharks. <laughs> they're jumping eight foot fences they're like smashing impenetrable glass uh, and cracking it there's a bit where they're just dragging a helicopter and i was just like great do you know what i mean this is a 90s action film that sounds great so i have to say i was pretty sold on the plot um the deaths as well sounded pretty inventive you know for like basically kind of like a shark slasher I, I, you know, Dave convinced me on that one you know it does sound like yeah you know they're gonna die it's not like you know you know it's not like war but it's quite unexpected when they do. And it does sound like actually, in fairness, you know, Samuel Jackson, I, you know, I do remember watching this film a very, very long time ago. And yeah, that reminds me that that bit was massively shocking. So, you know, it doesn't sound like it's following rules and it's, and it's innovative when it needs to be. Um, the cast, you know, I don't think, I think everyone said that the cast weren't great, really. I mean, you know, the, the acting was never going to be Oscar worthy, but it does sound like it's, standard enough for for what this film is which is sort of a classic 90s um action film and you know i know i know you are always going to sort of um sort of compare this film to jaws but then you know gav was talking about the premise but the, you know the premise of this film is that they're trying to like make genetically enhanced super sharks to cure alzheimer's and i don't remember that being in the in jaws you know unless it's been a while since i've seen that film so it does sound different and the th- two things clinched it at the end. I thought that character, the character of the what, what's the name? Sorry, the doctor, the one, the one that's that from Hottie McBoobity. That one, yeah. Doctor um, McAllister. She she sounded like a very interesting character. She sounded like you know she's pushing it through, um, but she's also gets redemption at the end. So I thought that was actually very interesting. And the final thing that I think clinched it for me is I quite like Michael Rappaport. So this is going on the hit list. <laughs> well done. Cheers, Alex. Uh, genuine opinions. Okay, so uh, starting with Austin. I really enjoyed it. I think it's good. I think it's, um, I think it's one of those entertaining shit films. It is like, a, it's just like Jurassic Park underwater. It's fine. I, I, I quite liked it. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it as well. To be honest, uh, yeah, I uh, there wasn't. That's pretty much lying about everything, apart from Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Let, let's delve into that at another time. So I, don't, I, I don't think I lied about anything. Like, but yeah. I just didn't think it was actually that big an issue. It was. Uh, it was all. It was. I think it was pretty good. My only I could thing see a twinkle was... in your eye, Aussie, when yeah, you're talking yeah. about it. Like, yeah. there's loads about this film is pretty shit, but actually, yeah, yeah. it's quite well done shit you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's one of those just nonsense stories but exactly really well done it's like you know what you're gonna get out of it you know you're gonna get explosions sharks and you know classic 90s shit uh yes yeah, so dave uh i i meant what i said is it a good film not particularly do i enjoy it yeah i really do it's <laughs> it's really fun film really entertaining you, you won't be bored while you're watching i guarantee that so in a way maybe it is a very good film so Who's to say? Joel might be the one to say. <laughs> Thanks, Kav. I am the one to say, actually. Um, yeah, I enjoy it as well. It's uh, just one of those films that's entertaining, isn't it? But when you think about the amount of shark films that they've been, you know, I, I think of like Jaws and Deep Blue Sea that I enjoy, maybe like one or two other like l- low budget ones or whatever. But 
there hasn't been many at all. And, you know, it just goes to show that this film must have something if you, if you remember it. Yeah, I mean, what are you trying to tell me? That the Meg wasn't a good film. <laughs> anyway, uh, quickly moving on. Um, was it higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Eagle versus Shark, which got 55% on hmm, Rotten Tomatoes? for higher. I might say it might be higher, maybe. I'm going to say higher, but not by much. I think lower, but not by much. Okay, I'm going to give it to Dave. So it's 60, 60%. So yeah, higher, but not by much. Um, I... I did put a tweet up over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list um, Deep Blue Sea should be placed on. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the result was. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I think it went on the shit list or the hit list. But I mean, people could probably just find this stuff out themselves. Uh, it, yeah, it went on the hit list just about 52% of listeners thinking it should well, go on to the hit list. than I thought it would yeah. be. Uh, I, and... Uh, does anybody have any trivia on this, Dave, maybe? Um, something you've already really covered, to be honest with you. I was going to talk about how Rennie Harlan made the shark one foot bigger just to try and one-up Jaws. Um, <laughs> I, I did see that another Jaws reference was the license plate. The, tiger, the tiger Shark's license plate. Yeah, that was yeah. my other one I was going to bring up. So, so, so Rennie Harlan made this film after Cutthroat Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, is, that, is, that is a massive achievement. Someone gave him a budget again. Yeah, someone, <laughs> he was even allowed in meetings or, you yeah. know, like allowed, he was on, allowed on sets or, you know, on premises of studios. Yeah. After he was that. even allowed on water. <laughs> they watched Cutthroat <laughs> Island. I gave him another opportunity to make a film on water. Uh, but I've got a bit of trivia. Um, for one scene, Thomas Jane had to swim alongside a real life shark. <laughs> and apparently he was only allowed to shoot this once he completed all of his other scenes <laughs> presumably in case he was needed <laughs> so, they could, so they could just release the film posthumously anyway yeah I thought that was hilarious it was like I, oh, bet, yeah. there was some, I bet there was some like real sick exec that was just like <laughs> it would help the it would help marketing that's all I don't think it's a nameless exec I think it was Rennie Harlan <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah so before we call it a day it's time for our Caption contest. Over to Joel. <laughs> oh no, he's got his mic on mute. Well, he's, just pretending. he's just and pretending. He's just pretending. I was. I was just pretending. <laughs> um, so the picture you posted online, Gab, actually looks like Samuel L. Jackson's having a good time in that picture. Looks like he's smiling with his hands out. Like, oh well. Well, what's um, happening in so it's the scene where he is stood in front of the submarine uh, pool and the shark kind of comes out to get him. But I'm honestly not sure if that's the real scene. Like I, I, cause <laughs> I looked at it and I like went through it like frame by frame to see if like that bit happens. And I just couldn't get to it because honestly, look at it and it looks like he's having a laugh there. Looks like he's like he's dragged really along the floor, there. doesn't he? He's kind of dragged along the floor back into the pool. So I think it's like a, a freeze fit because the first bit is like it's just gone and then it's cut to them like going ah, and then it cuts back to him and it, the shark is just tossing them around left, right, and centre. And I think it's one of those bits, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just Samuel L. Jackson. Or what looks like a stunt double, maybe just stood in the shark's <laughs> mouth. Uh, but anyway, so the the um, the captions we've only got four this week. So the first one is image of twenty twenty, which is probably pretty apt <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I'll give that. <laughs> if all of us are Samuel L. Jackson in twenty twenty, is the shark. Um, 
When you reopen the economy, speech is preceded by record COVID numbers. <laughs> uh, and I think he smells. He's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> and then what shark? Question mark. Um, so what do you reckon? I reckon either image of 2020 or the, the COVID one. I think image of 2020. Same for me, I think. I think yeah. 2020 is more universal, but the, the COVID yeah. one actually made me laugh more when I read it. Mm. Uh, All right, today. well, it's actually Matt Starfighter, so he kind of sounds like he's name Star Wars, to be honest. Um, yeah. But you've won yourself a Freddo, which if you don't know what it is, then Google it. Um, but it's I think, basically I think Matt's from the UK. Uh, well, I still, well, he still might not know, know what Freddo is. is because they're so expensive these days. People, you know, he could be a young a youngster who wouldn't yeah. splash out fifty pence on a tiny little frog shaped treat. The only ones we've got, the only ones we've actually got, Matt as well, are, are out of date Freddos. So <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when Gav is allowed to the shops again, we'll uh, we'll post one out to you. Yeah, th- thanks, Matt. Right. Okay. So thanks. Uh, oh, I should say what we've put on trial next week. Um, so, yeah, we've picked another film out of the hat at random from our fish-related films, and it is Tim Burton's Big Fish. Uh, now, all the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random, so defending this film, I've actually forgotten. <laughs> I'm, I'm defending forgotten. this film. Me and, me and Ozzy. Oh, yeah. Alex and Ozzy defended the film. Joel and I are prosecuting the film. No, I'm judging it. Dave He's and Gav are prosecuting it, and I will be judging it. It <laughs> one job this set. <laughs> right. Well, if everybody can remember them, I'll just remind me later on in the week when I go to watch Big Train or Big Fish or whatever. Big Train. <laughs> if you watch Big Train, you might find it difficult next week. <laughs> right. Okay. So thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode. If you did like it, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Why not go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a lovely review and just spread the warm love that his films are traveling as many as possible and follow us on all social media at film trials for twitter and films on trial for youtube instagram and facebook that is it deep blue sea is a hit and we will be in your ears next week with big fish goodbye cool. well done, yep